What's up, everybody? On today's show, the 2024 SEC schedule has been released. We're going to run through each team with our panel of experts. Who got the best draw? Who's got the toughest road? We'll discuss it all right now on Locked on SEC. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into the show. It is great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making us locked on SEC or whichever channel you're listening to us on. Your first listen every day. And shout out to our everydayers who keep coming back and checking us out each and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. Well, guys, it is it is upon us. Look, we knew the schedule uh, opponents uh, last year, right? We This has been known for some time. But we finally got the order of the schedule tonight on ESPN. And uh, you get to see kind of, you know, it's a good night because everybody kind of gets to plan out their road trips. Okay, I definitely want to go to this game. Oh, hey, we're going to go visit Aunt Sally. We're going to go to this game here. But Ultimately, you get to see how the schedule sets up. And, you know, I always like to say you kind of want it to fall into quadrants, right? Like you want maybe not the easiest start, maybe a tough game mixed in the first four. Then you kind of want a good even balance in the next four or however, you know, wherever your bye weeks fall. But keep in mind, most teams have two bye weeks now based on the schedule. And then you kind of want a mixed bag on the back end of the season. And, you know, you want a mix of one respite game in there, a Vandy if you could work in or something like that. So, that's kind of the, my philosophy with the schedule, but boy, oh boy, did some people get messed over. We will run through some of the schedules on uh, who got the toughest draws and, and some of the teams that really took a tough draw. So we'll start kind of with the teams who have had the most success here the last couple of years. We're going to start with the Georgia Bulldogs and take a look at their schedule and how things worked out. And most notable with Georgia's schedule, first up, they get one home game in the first five weeks. That is uh, that is a pretty uh, brutal brutal draw for uh, Georgia. Now the Clemson game is in Atlanta, so it's not you know it, that one will basically be a home game uh, for for Georgia. But road trips at Kentucky and at Alabama back to back in the first month, absolutely brutal. But you know you can look at it one way if you're Georgia, maybe you think of getting the Alabama game out of the way, right? You know whoever wins or loses it. You still have plenty of time to to rebound and put and put some stuff together. But as the schedule rolls on, you know, Auburn's always a tough one. Uh, you know, at Texas is obviously one that's circled. And of course, you know, there's a bit a bit of big stink made that that was scheduled the same weekend as the F1 race in Austin, which is like a huge deal. And it's almost impossible. So if you're a Georgia fan and you haven't booked your travel yet to uh, Texas, you, you might as well just start making plans to watch it at home on the TV because it, it is going to be impossible to get hotels for that game. But uh, that's how Georgia's schedule sets up. And uh, Florida, Georgia, they did do a good job of trying to keep that one around that last weekend of October, first weekend of November, uh, the typical weekend it normally is. It'll fall on November 2nd. So we'll be uh, a good one there. But, um, you know, again, Georgia, it, we look at everybody's schedules. It is tougher this year. Like you're, you're playing some tougher opponents. You can't avoid that with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. This is why I kept telling people, like, look, you you, you want to hope for SEC expansion, like all SEC fans, yeah, let's get Oklahoma, let's get Texas. Okay, great, but now you got to play those guys, and it's more potential pitfalls for losses on the season. Now, the good thing is the you know playoff expands to 12 teams, so we're not talking about – there is no SEC East versus SEC West anymore. The divisions are gone. Uh, two best teams with the best record go play in Atlanta – and honestly, if you don't go to Atlanta, you're not out of it. Ten and two, I think, in the SEC still get you into the playoff, as we talked about this year. Ole Miss and Missouri both sitting there at ten and two. They didn't go to Atlanta, but they would both be in the playoff this year in this scenario and how it played out. So uh, plenty to discuss with all the other teams. So let's uh, dive back into it. We're going to get to the Alabama schedule, catching up with Luke Robinson, host of Locked on Bama. And uh, we welcome in Luke now. Luke, um, initial <laughs> thoughts when we look at Alabama's draw for 2024 and how it plays out? 
Um, first of all, I, I know I'm a little overdressed, but I was at a, uh, at a Christmas party and I just got into the house, so it worked out great. Um, but yeah, while I was at the Christmas party, the schedule came out and uh, I'm excited about it. I mean, I, look, Alabama's schedule is about as tough as it gets. You know, when you go on the road to Wisconsin and then you add in Oklahoma and obviously Georgia at home and then you're on the road to LSU and uh, Tennessee. I mean, it, it's it's daunting and a Missouri team that's going to be strong. But I'm looking, you know, when I was doing the podcast earlier today, I was hoping that Alabama was going to get that at Vanderbilt game between Wisconsin and Georgia at home. I thought that would be a perfect time for it because I didn't want to have the buy. So in September, I wanted to have it a little bit later. Um but they gave Georgia and Alabama a bye on the week before they play each other, which, you know, make, makes a lot of sense. I mean, these are the two power programs in the country, and uh, that, that's going to be a monster game. They've already set it up for ABC on 630, 6.30 at night. It's going to be a huge one. So that's cool. Uh, and then Alabama plays at Vanderbilt the next week, which is about the best you could – because you're going to get beat up against Georgia. Alabama and Georgia are going to beat each other up, win, lose, or draw. And right. then you get to go play a Vanderbilt team that's, hey, let's face it. I mean, it's, Vanderbilt's going to have it tough regardless, and they've lost a lot of people in the transfer portal. So I, I think that's good. Overall, I, I'm very happy with the schedule. I mean, it's about sets up about as well as it could. If I didn't know that Oklahoma was the week before the Iron Bowl, I'd probably be disappointed. But I already had prepared myself because that right. game had already been announced. So I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. I'm also really interested to see what that Oklahoma team will look like by the time they maneuver their way through an entire SEC schedule, you know. So maybe they won't be uh, quite as, as, as formidable by then after a whole SEC season. Who knows? Yeah, what I kind of like about it is outside of that, that Oklahoma and Iron Bowl back-to-back to finish the season is Bama kind of gets a – they play a tough game and then they get a respite. It's kind of how, yeah. you know – they, and, and look, they don't – where some other teams like LSU opens with USC and, and uh, you know, all these teams that are playing tough opponents in week one, you get the tune-ups in Western Kentucky and South Florida, figure some stuff out before you go on the road to Wisconsin. But it's like you go at Wisconsin and then it's a bye week. You're home for Georgia, but then it's at Vandy. You know, it's like every time you play a tough game, you get a little bit of a breather. Now, we can see what Missouri is going to look like. You know, at Tennessee is always tough. The next week you come home and play Missouri, we'll see what Missouri looks like. Uh, but even, you know, the, the traditional bye week between before LSU, and then you get Mercer after. So it, it almost allows Alabama to come back, center themselves, catch your breath, and uh, prepare for the marathon sprint there at the end with at Oklahoma and Auburn. Yeah, if I had to call out one game that um, is scares me from a sense that I think Alabama – should win and they could lose is probably that Missouri game. I'm going to be super high on Missouri next year. I'm telling you right now, I think Missouri is going to be very good next year. Uh, they've got what some people consider to be the number one player in the country in Williams Narari. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, committed to him. And then they've got Luther Burden's going to be coming back. I think the quarterback's going to be back. I think, yeah, I think Missouri's going to be a thing. Now they lose, um, they lose Cody Schrader, but that he's, and he's good. Yeah. But I think they can replace him with another good running back and, and be okay. Um, well, they just picked up Marcus Carroll from Georgia, I think Georgia State, who was like one of the better yeah. running backs in the country this year. So I was like, oh, easy plug and play right there. And, you know, another thing that step, uh, stands out to me from this schedule, look, Alabama was involved with Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. Well, now they get to play him next year at Wisconsin. Um, Alabama thought, okay, Hey, we we uh, get to finally we don't have to see Rocket Sanders anymore. Well, he just transferred to South Carolina. So <laughs> I mean, it, it's like you can't get rid of some of your old uh, nemesis. Is it you say nemini or nemesis? I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, anyway, it, it makes for a fun South Carolina game. I think they've got some dudes on that team. Obviously, they're not as don't have the stacked roster of an Alabama or a Georgia LSU. But they got some dudes. And so that stretch of South Carolina at home, Tennessee on the road, Missouri at home is going to be an interesting three-game stretch. Look, if Alabama can win all three of those, I mean, I, I think considering the other games that you feel like they should win, I think Alabama will definitely be in the playoffs. Look, I feel good about Alabama's being in the playoffs next year anyway. Um, and I think if you're old school SEC, I think one of the keys for this year, this coming up year is – just don't let Texas and Oklahoma get to the SEC title game this year. You can let them do it some other year, and that's fine. But you don't want them prancing into your conference after we've been talking so long about how tough the SEC is and then letting one of them or, God forbid, both of them 
playing in Atlanta for an SEC title. So I think uh, there's going to be a lot of SEC pride on the line before the old guard. He is Luke Robinson, host of Locked on Bama. Luke, appreciate the time as always, man. Um, you know, you, you're, you make a great point there. I mean, Alabama and uh, – or, or rather Oklahoma and Texas coming into the conference, yeah, you don't want them to come in, the new guys. And I don't think they will. I think they're both going to have to go through their growing pains of – um, you know, the tough playing a tough SEC schedule. I've talked to so many Texas fans here the last couple of weeks who have said to me, like, you know, we kind of know what we're getting into, but you don't know until you do it. And, you know, you can laugh and joke and go, oh, yeah, Mississippi State or Ole Miss or whatever. Yeah, play those teams back to back to back. You suddenly start to see what the SEC uh, truly is all about. All right. As uh, Luke kind of mentioned there, or, you know, we talked about the Tennessee game. Let's uh, transition to Tennessee. Host of Locked on Vols, our buddy Eric Kane jumps in with us now as we continue our 2024 schedule reaction show. And Eric, uh, let's take a look at it and see how the Vols will fare in 2024. Uh, overall reaction to the schedule that the Vols will have. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of intrigue, to be completely honest with you. Um, over the last couple of weeks, there's been multiple reports out. You know, Chris Lowe of ESPN said, uh, third Saturday in October, Tennessee, Alabama was going to be October 19th. Tennessee, Florida was going to be October the 12th. The Manning cast a couple of nights ago actually confirmed that Florida game. Uh, VolQuest.com reported a couple of games later in the season, including one at Arkansas on October the 5th. You had your four non-conference games already out there. So once you kind of piece some things together, Chris, it, it really didn't uh, come as a major shock. I will say one curveball was in, this, in regards to the Tennessee schedule I thought the Kentucky game would be October the 26th with the bye week on the 2nd, and those two have flipped. Uh, Georgia potentially on the 9th, but Georgia's going to be on the 16th. So nothing major. Um, but overall, I mean, I think it sets up nice. It's a tough schedule. You know, that's life in the SEC, right? But I like where the bye weeks are, kind of giving Tennessee a breather before heading into some uh, more tough games. The Vols do have the the non-conference game against NC State, which I think is is navigatable. It's winnable. But you kind of get these couple of games, you know, Chattanooga, and you get a couple warm-up games to really get Nico Yamaliava settled in as the quarterback and and really get him to settle in. Because, look, going to Oklahoma in week four, I don't care who. I, even if, Joe, uh, if Hendon Hooker or Joe Milton were back, that's a tough game. No, it is. I mean, Tennessee fell flat on its face against the Gators in the swamp and could not handle the road adversity whatsoever. And, I mean – you know, that series has been so lopsided, you know, last 15 years and everything. But Tennessee was horrible on the road there. It's first true test of, uh, you know, road, environment, SEC game, and all that and more. So I love the fact that Nico and Tennessee are going to get, like you said, UTC, Kent State, but also sandwiched in between those games. You're at a neutral side against a quality opponent in NC State. NC State won nine games this year, finished really strong, beat Clemson in uh, North Carolina. Um, you get a quarterback in Grayson McCall who's committed to go there, so I think it's going to be really challenging. And um, I think Tennessee can win that game for sure, but no matter what, it's going to be a challenge for Tennessee, and that will prepare the Vols for two weeks later when you go on the road to your first SEC opponent, and that's Oklahoma. So I love the fact that Tennessee's getting that matchup against NC State now with better quarterback play as well uh, before you go to Oklahoma. You get a break after the Oklahoma game, but then that, that's a pretty tough three-game stretch. It's Arkansas, yeah. but it's at Arkansas, and then home for Florida and home for Alabama before you get your bye ahead of the Kentucky game. What's uh, Those seven games, what's an ideal record to be coming out of that Bama game with? Uh, yes, Up until the Alabama game, you're saying? Yeah, um, like after the Alabama game. You, you, you go into the bye week getting ready for Kentucky. I mean, six and one is that is that realistic? Yeah, I think so. I think six and one's realistic. I mean, again, you're gonna have to handle the road environment, and that's something Tennessee did not do a great job of this year. So you need to prove you can win on the road consistently. You got to have some things go your way. You got to beat Florida. I mean, for <laughs> Florida was very bad this year, and Florida still drilled Tennessee. So you got to get over that. I mean, at Arkansas and certainly at Oklahoma, not going to be easy. But again, as we still kind of see what these rosters and what these players are going to look like on these teams. Um, I think these are certainly winnable games. Um, it's interesting here before you get to Alabama, you're at Arkansas, then you're home against Florida. Those are two programs where their coaches are literally coaching for their lives. Yeah. You know, where are those programs at this point in the season? Florida has, Florida's schedule the last month of the season is is pretty pretty tough. Um, I don't I, I haven't looked at Alabama, or at Arkansas or Florida schedule at this point, but you know, both those programs are going to be, you know, fighting for a lot. You know, wh where can they be right now when adversity hits? And so I think that's kind of intriguing that Tennessee has those two games leading into Alabama. And, of course, 
Alabama's going to be tough. Uh, you do get it at home. That helps, of course. But you know, Jalen Milrow coming back, he'll be in the Heisman conversation all year long, and they've got a stacked roster. So it's uh, going to be challenging. But I do think 6-1 and one is certainly possible, and uh, you got to think you're going to have five wins no matter what after that Alabama game. Well, and the thing that jumps out to me, Eric, too, and we'll, we'll leave it at this, it, that Georgia game, let's say that's lost too because it's going to be tough to win at Georgia. Yep. You lose that one, you finish with UTEP and Vandy. I mean, there's a, if you're at eight wins at that point, you're eight and two, a great chance to finish 10 and two, and your you're chance to make the playoff right there if you're the Vols. Yeah, again, you have that bye week after Alabama, and that's good. You know, don't want to let Alabama beat you twice if you were to lose that game, but that's what we always hear. You used to hear about the Patriots as well in the NFL, but you know, you'll welcome Kentucky and that's always a tough, challenging game. Tennessee typically wins that game, but it's not easy. You got Kentucky there, Mississippi state first year head coach, but a very winnable game at home. You mentioned Georgia, even if you don't win that game, UTEP and Vanderbilt. So yeah, I mean, I think honestly, it's going to be tough. I mean, no schedule in Southeastern conference play is ever going to be easy, but I, I kind of like how this lays out. It's going to be challenging at Arkansas, Florida, Alabama, that stretch there, but I like the schedule for Tennessee. I really do. He's Eric Kane, host of Locked on Vols. Eric, thanks for the time, man. Hey, Chris, appreciate it, man. All right, let's transition and take a look over at LSU's schedule uh, before we get our next guest in here and, and continue to look at uh, the schedules. But LSU got a brutal uh, draw to open the the state the, the season. They're going to play USC in Las Vegas. Now, USC going to be going through a little bit of transition. They're going to lose Caleb Williams, but it's still Lincoln Riley. And uh, both teams had really bad defenses this year. So we'll see what they look like uh, in that one. But uh, LSU, kind of, they get nickels. They're at South Carolina. UCLA is a brutal, like why they kept both these teams on the schedule for a non-conference. And we'll do Ole Miss in a little bit. But Ole Miss, their toughest non-conference game is at Wake Forest. LSU's got USC and UCLA before they even get out of September. So tough draw there. They get road trips in October at Arkansas, at A&M. Then a bye week, of course, before Bama. And then they finish at Florida home for Vanderbilt, uh, but then they finish home with Oklahoma. And that game will be very interesting because we could be looking at, again, if LSU's avoided the pitfalls, we could be talking about maybe both Oklahoma and LSU are 9-2 and two going into that game and potentially a playoff spot on the line. I know we're talking about everybody kind of like 10-2, and 10-2, but I think 10-2 and two is what gets you in the playoff next year. And that game could potentially be a decider, LSU versus Oklahoma. And this is for all the people who didn't want playoff expansion – that becomes a perennial playoff, like basically a playoff game between LSU and Oklahoma in Baton Rouge. So uh, tough, tough draw there for LSU when we're talking about who got the easiest roads, who got the toughest roads. I'll tell you in a second, Ole Miss got one of the easiest roads, in my opinion. But LSU, an absolutely brutal draw there um, for them. And we'll see how they can weather the storm. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to talk with our buddy Stephen Willis about the Ole Miss Rebels. Quick reminder, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way for you to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players like pros and sharks and people who do it for a living, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you will watch the winnings roll in. It's the most fun you're going to have throughout the rest of this NFL season and then on into bowl season. All of it is there for you, uh, even throughout basketball season. You can do a combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. That makes it even more fun. Price picks, they even offer a re- reboot policy so that your entries stay in play uh, even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, doesn't return, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash college. Use our promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college. Use our promo code LockedOnCollege. It's Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. This episode also presented to you by our friends over at the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Look, tickets are on sale now for the Tax Act Texas Bowl. It is Houston's biggest annual college football event. Returning to primetime at NRG Stadium on Wednesday, December 27th, it is the Texas A&M Aggies against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So if you're a diehard Aggie fan or you just live in the general area, root for another SEC team, but you want to go help 
cheer on the conference as it's the Big 12 versus the SEC. You can do that. Go check out TaxActTexasBowl.com right now for the best seats and suites on game day. And they got some great events going on throughout the week, including concert series. Uh, Roger Krager is going to perform. Braxton Keith, uh, Houston. They will be the center of the college football world this postseason with the national championship game coming up in January. But the fun starts December 27th with Texas A&M versus Oklahoma State at NRG Stadium. Again, for the best seats, suites, and bowl week events, check out TaxActTexasBowl.com right now. That's TaxActTexasBowl.com. And thanks to you guys for uh, sticking around with us and making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers who keep coming back to check us out each and every day. And now we're going to keep our uh, 2024 schedule reaction show rolling on. We welcome in our buddy Stephen Willis, host of Locked on Ole Miss. And Stephen, I've been talking about this the last few days. I think Ole Miss uh, definitely is, you know, they were a threat this year. They become even more of a threat next year. All the, the names in the last few days that have been discussed about coming back next year for the Rebels. And I think they actually get a little bit of a favorable draw with the schedule. The big news is Alabama comes off the schedule. They also avoid AM. But uh, let's take a look at how Ole Miss's schedule sets up for 2024 uh, as we dive into it. And obviously, right out of the gate, Stephen, the, the non-conference games, while everybody else is playing a big dog, like, you know, AM gets Notre Dame and Alabama's got to go to Wisconsin, all this. Uh, Lane Kiffin, the Rebels, said, eh, you know, we'll play Furman and MTSU and go to Wake Forest. So, pretty easy path right out of the gates for Ole Miss. Yeah, and this is an Ole Miss team that's gotten off to quick starts, even with a difficult schedule at times in the SEC over the last few years. This year is probably going to be no different, where Ole Miss should be the favorite in every game until the game in Death Valley comes up. Oklahoma coming into Oxford, that is a really cool situation. I think that was a kind of a treat thrown at Oklahoma with them going to Ole Miss and to LSU. I think Oklahoma got that little bit of a reward. But all in all, this year for Ole Miss is going to be completely about the 12-team playoff. Everything's there. All the players are coming back. The Grove Collective has stepped up. Ole Miss is recruiting at an extremely high level in the portal of some names that everybody's going to hear in the next couple of days. And all of that is to make that team a little bit better. And when you look at this schedule and the way it sets up, you have to think this is – kind of manna from heaven for Lane Kiffin, knowing that last year he had to go to Tuscaloosa and to Athens. You still have to play Georgia, but it's on your field. You go to LSU, which you won the game this year, and Oklahoma comes into your place in a game that theoretically you should be at least evenly matched in that game. Florida is down. They're not normally what they normally are. The Swamp can be a difficult place to play. So can South Carolina, but I'm going to be honest. I love this schedule. I'm absolutely in love with this football schedule. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, it's early, right? We don't know who a lot of these teams are yet. I mean, we're talking about, you know, South Carolina earlier with some folks. And, you know, is K.J. Jefferson going to go there? There were some reports he could enter the portal. He could end up there in South Carolina with uh, Rocket Sanders. So it's like we look at these games and there's really no way to tell. Like even Oklahoma, we look at and, yes, Oklahoma's always a tough team. But is Jackson Arnold the real deal? Is he going to be a legit quarterback next year? Is he going to go through the growing pain? So there's so much we don't know yet about these teams. But the, the thing I like about Ole Miss is we do know they're bringing back Jackson Dart. We do know they're bringing back Quinchon Judkins and all these great receivers, Caden Bre- Priestcorn, all the guys on the D-line. Like, it's it, this is going to be a dangerous team that's recruiting very well, and Pete Golding can get this defense to take a step forward next year. Um, I just look at it, I think that that game against Georgia is, is tough, and then a road trip to Florida right after, you know, not easy. But I think if, if they get to that point and, you know, Ole Miss has 10, you know, nine, 10 wins or whatever. Like I think 10 and twos absolutely should be the expectation at minimum for Ole Miss fans next year. Yeah. And that Florida game, who's to know if they're not blowing things up at Florida at that point, if you look at Florida's schedule, because whoever did that should be fired with cause immediately. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is absolutely almost evil what Florida's having to go through in the first year of the 12 team playoff and with a coach that is trying to survive. But you get Ole Miss immediately after LSU and right before Florida State. I, who knows what you're going to get with Florida? I think the biggest stretch for Ole Miss will be at Death Valley, home against Oklahoma, bye week Georgia. I think those are the three games that that is going to determine what Ole Miss does this season. 
Yeah, and, and since we had the Florida graphic up there, we'll just touch a little bit more on Florida and get your thoughts. I mean, you know, Billy Napier, like you said, going into a hot seat year. Trevor Etienne, one of the running backs, enters a transfer portal. They've had a bunch of guys on the defense enter the portal. Uh, it's going to be tough. I guess the one saving grace is they bring back Graham Mertz, who had a nice year this year, was very efficient. They're going to need a veteran quarterback to uh, to weather the storm. They are playing Miami, uh, playing A&M and a road trip to Mississippi State all right out of the gates in September, and that's before you get a road trip to Tennessee, home game against Kentucky, against Georgia, and then that stretch, on the back stretch of that season, I don't know if anybody's got it tougher with that back five-game stretch. You come out of the open date, you play Georgia, you're at Texas, you're home for LSU, home for Ole Miss, and then at Florida State. I mean, those could be all top 25 teams on the back stretch of the season. Yeah, that, that November for Florida, like I said, and at that point, the season could already be blown up for Florida. It depends on how they do in the early part of it. But you don't think UCF is going to come into that game ready to play? You don't think they want to win in the swamp? The Knights are going to be absolutely ready to go. And you look, there's like four or five teams that won 10 games this season on that schedule. It's ridiculous. And honestly, Ole Miss probably, other than being the week before the Egg Bowl, and the discussion amongst Ole Miss fans is whether or not that game is going to be on Thanksgiving because that game, I think, is contractually obligated to be on Thanksgiving. But they're going to have that discussion. I think Lane Kiffin's not a big fan of that. And I think Texas and Texas A&M eventually is going to be the trade-off and is going to end up on Thanksgiving night. And uh, I think that Ole Miss and, and State's probably going to end I'm thinking it's going to be Friday night, honestly. Yeah, that would be, be a lot of fun to kind of get back to uh, what we used to do. By the way, Florida, 10 of their teams they will face this year re- reached a bowl – or next year faced a bowl game last year. So, absolutely brutal there. Uh, Stephen, while we got you, let's just real quick, let's let's take a look at a few others. If we could pull up Oklahoma, I, I just get your thoughts because, you know, it, welcome to the SEC, Oklahoma and Texas. This is what you wanted. The question is, are you sure? Are you sure this is what you wanted? Uh, they get a tough week three game non-conference against Tulane. I only bring that up because Tulane played Oklahoma very competitive a couple of years ago. They played Ole Miss very competitive last year. So that, you know, that could be a tough one. But they jump into SEC play. They host Tennessee, but then they go to Auburn. And they may be looking at it going, oh, that's an easy one. Don't discount Jordan-Hare Stadium on the road. It's always tough. Uh, then we get, of course, the, uh, the open date and then the Red River uh, rivalry game. And then they get South Carolina before going at Ole Miss. They come back home from Maine, then they're at Mizzou, open date, and then I don't know if anybody has a tougher backstretch last two games of the season than Oklahoma having to host Alabama on November 23rd and then finish at, at LSU on November 30th. Like, Oklahoma could be sitting there with eight wins at that point going, oh, yeah, you know, we could get to 10 wins and then lose to Bama and LSU and just finish eight and four. Like, certainly possible. Yeah, some low-key things that I'm pretty excited about on this schedule, just looking at it, is the game, like I said, the game at Ole Miss and at LSU, that's almost a reward for Oklahoma this year coming into the SEC. But I like the fact that Oklahoma is at Missouri, the old Big Eight rivalry. They haven't played football since Missouri left the Big 12, so that one's going to get renewed quietly. Texas and Oklahoma as an SEC Red River shootout. And remember, Tulane almost beat Oklahoma the last time they played in um, Norman. So, I mean – Oklahoma's schedule is no joke, and it's going to be a little bit different than Iowa State and Kansas State and and some of those guys coming into town, the atmospheres that Oklahoma is going to be seeing on a week-in and week-out basis. And while we got you, Stephen, one more, and then we're going to transition. We'll talk to Andrew Lyon of South Carolina. But uh, the Texas Longhorns, and you know they're, they're a team that is coming to the SEC. They're playing in the playoff this year, could play for a national champion. We, we could be talking about the reigning national champion, Texas Longhorns, coming to the SEC next year. But uh, that week two at Michigan, I bet they're looking at that one going, why in the hell do we schedule that one, kicking themselves but then, uh, you know, pretty easy. They get the ease in with Mississippi State. Then they get a bye week. Then they get the Red River shootout. And then they get Georgia. And, and that's going to be a tough one, like we talked about, going to Austin. We'll see what Georgia looks like. But then they're at Vandy, then an open date. And then that back four stretch is going to tell us all we need to know about Texas. They get Florida at home. They're at Arkansas, home for Kentucky, and, and of course, at AM. And that game is absolutely going to be sold out. You won't even be able to get into the building for that one. But um, kind of a little bit of a trade-off here. We talked about, you know, Alabama and a few other teams kind of get, you get a tough game, then you get an easy game. Kind of, it's a little bit of a balance there where it's not like back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back tough games. 
Yeah, Red River shootout and into Georgia, that is kind of the difference of coming into the SEC from being yeah. in the Big 12. And also the Texas game at Arkansas, uh, especially the young audience that's watching this, I don't think they can appreciate how much Arkansas hates Texas and yeah. how big of a rivalry game that actually is. Because that one, they've played off and on, but that's 30 years um, that they've gone from playing regularly. That game's going to probably happen every year. Arkansas basically invented um, horns down back in the day. So, um, yeah, that that game right there, that November game, I am going to watch that no matter what's going on, that Arkansas-Texas game. I, I'm in for that one. Yeah, and remember, Arkansas just beat them a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and nobody thought that they could do it. But that old Southwest rivalry, yeah, for kids out there, Google Southwest Conference. That was, you know, it, it, it was a thing back in the back in the day. Uh, he's Stephen Willis, host of Locked on Ole Miss. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Chris. Take care. All right, I want to remind you guys, uh, thanks for watching uh, our show and, of course, making us your first listen every day. Remember to subscribe. If you haven't checked out Locked on SEC yet, you can certainly do that uh, if you're uh, watching on one of the other channels of our Locked on uh, SEC team channels. And uh, one of those guys who hosts the show, welcome him in right now. He is Andrew Lyon. He is host of Locked on Gamecocks, covering the South Carolina Gamecocks. And, man, it was a tough, tough year for the Gamecocks, but – Shane Beamer hoping to bounce back as they finish five and seven. They miss a bowl game, but uh, I look at this schedule, Andrew, and it's it's a tough one. I mean, there's there's no gimmies here. Um, what do you make of the schedule for South Carolina? Yeah, Chris, you're absolutely right. Obviously, you know this is life in the SEC. It's never going to be an easy conference slate for any team now with the additions of Texas and Oklahoma coming into the conference. But I break down the schedule, Chris, into three different seasons, and it basically separate by those two bye weeks in week five, and then once again in week nine, I believe. That opener, Old Dominion, obviously, chalked that up as a win. At Kentucky, pretty good week two test for Lenore Sellers, who will likely be the starting quarterback for South Carolina coming into this season. LSU, a lot of new faces, at least on the offensive side of the ball, at the skill positions. I think that's a good time to get the Tigers if you're going to get them in this season. Akron should be a win. But that middle stretch, Chris, that might be the toughest three-game stretch for any SEC team in the conference in 2024. You got Ole Miss at home, 10-win team. Then you have to go to Bama, an 11-win team, SEC champion. And then you have to play at Oklahoma, another 10-win team the week after that. That is going to decide whether or not South Carolina could maybe make a bowl game in 2024. And then the end of that schedule, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Walford, and Clemson. A couple tough games mixed in there, but... I think that you can get to six wins if you're Shane Beamer. I think that's what you have to do to get some of the heat off of you after what you said was a down year in 2023. But no doubt, they're going to have to probably take a couple games that people are not going to be expecting them to win heading into this season. I want to bring up something. You mentioned Lenora Sellers, possibly the quarterback. Is there any smoke still on K.J. Jefferson? Because we just saw Rocket Sanders from Arkansas comes over. We know the relationship with with Coach Loggins. I mean, is it still the door open for K.J. Jefferson to possibly be South Carolina's quarterback next year? Chris, the best way I can put it is I think the door is still open for K.J. Jefferson if he wants it, but I don't think that South Carolina is also going to wait around and see what K.J. Jefferson is going to do. They actually just hosted former Vanderbilt starting quarterback A.J. Swan on Tuesday afternoon. A.J. Swan Probably not a guy that you would expect to beat out a Lenore Sellers if he were to come here and there'd be a quarterback competition. But either way, I think that that tells you that they're okay with, you know, maybe getting an experienced starter like Jefferson, having maybe a transition plan where Sellers takes over next year. But they're also okay with the idea of, hey, let's just see what the young buck can do. We think he could be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played here. You know, let's see what he's got. Let's go ahead and hand him the reins in 2024. So I could still see it, but it's been very quiet on that end since those initial reports came out last week. Yeah, he is Andrew Lyon, host of Locked on Gamecocks. Andrew, uh, appreciate the time, man, and uh, best of luck to the Gamecocks. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for having me on. All right. Uh, More with our SEC schedule reaction show here in just a second. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. But first, I want to remind you guys, as the weather gets colder, the uh, offers over at FanDuel are staying red, red hot right now. New customers over at FanDuel are going to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Their app is super easy to use. Of course, they got it all. Uh, spreads, player props, over-unders. 
they got a bunch of, uh, you know, all the SEC basketball games. They got action there. Of course, they're all going to have all these SEC football games heading into next season. Some of them, the big ones, may already be up there already. You need to go check them out. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. You can do that on your laptop or mobile device. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and uh, sign up there. And then, of course, you can download the app and get all your action right there. They are FanDuel. They are the official partner of the NFL. All right, we continue on here with our uh, SEC season preview show and just to have a couple more schedules that we need to get to to take a look at. We run through just about everybody. Uh, we still need to get Kentucky and Vanderbilt and Mississippi State So uh, and Auburn. So why don't we do that first? We'll j- welcome in our buddy Zach Blackerby. He is host of Locked on Auburn. And Zach, uh, as we take a look at Auburn's schedule, what do you make of year two, heading into year two of Hugh Freeze and how it shape, shapes out? I, I think it's kind of similar to last year's schedule, where those first few games, including your non-conference, now uh, Auburn's going to finish up that home-and-home with Cal. It's this middle chunk of the schedule that I think is pretty tough. Uh, I mean, we we talk about you host Oklahoma, then you go to Georgia. Fortunately, you get a bye week after Georgia, but they're going to Missouri and to Kentucky, when I talked about the the hypothetical schedule and what the worst case scenario for Auburn 2024 was, as I said, I want you to spread out Oklahoma, Georgia, Missouri, and Kentucky. And the SEC puts them all in a row. So I think that's unfortunate for the Tigers. But then, you know, Vanderbilt, ULM, Texas A&M, I think those are all certainly winnable games. And then obviously wrapping things up going to Tuscaloosa for the Iron Bowl. That's, that one's going to be tough. But that that middle chunk, um, I don't think the SEC helped Auburn out. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw somebody tweet that earlier. They said, Auburn doesn't play home game in October. Like, that just, that can't happen. Like, we're talking about all these other teams where, okay, you get a tough you get a tough one, and then you get one that's kind of doable. And right. for Auburn, it's just like, man, that is, that is as brutal as it gets. Yeah, the putting a bye week after Georgia, while it's nice, I don't I don't think it's enough to to overcome that. And that's kind of what we saw this past season as well when Auburn did that brutal stretch of of Georgia and LSU and Texas AM and and uh, and Ole Miss. Um I don't think it's favorable for Hugh Freeze and these Tigers, but we'll see. We'll see. Opening up conference play at home against Arkansas, I think that's nice. And Auburn's in a situation where they could be, what, 5-0 and going into Georgia. That's going to be the big talk all offseason. That's going to be the big goal all offseason. We'll see if the Tigers can do it. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're, if you're the ultimate Homer Auburn fan, like what's the best you can hope for? I don't think they're going to win at Georgia. But if mm-hmm. you could somehow be 9-1 and going into those last two, um, sure. you know, and, and look, playing, playing A&M and then at Alabama, you could certainly lose both those and you go 9-3. and but like the best case, if you're asking Auburn fan, best case scenario, you're nine one going to those last two. If you can somehow split them, win one of those two, you're ten and two, and you're you're in the playoff. But well, that, you, yeah, I mean, you said it all night. Ten and two is the magic number in the SEC, right? And I think there's a there's a lot of teams in the conference that line up. Okay, you can see Alabama going ten and two or better. You can see Georgia going ten and two or better. Ole Miss going ten or two or better. LSU going ten or two or better. Is Auburn in that group? No, I I don't think they are, but you asked what the best case scenario for the Auburn Tigers is, and I do think it is 10 and 2. Maybe Peyton Thorne puts it all together. Maybe this young team that we're expecting to have, you know, a top 10 recruiting class going into it. Can these freshmen catch fire in the middle of the season and get a few of those wins? Can you win at Missouri? Can you win at Kentucky? Sure. I mean, but I think realistically, Auburn's goal for next season. Should be nine and three with with upside a little bit past that, and uh, that would of course be ten and two. I'm not expecting that, but I do think nine and three is on the table. Yeah, well, we'll see who the quarterback is for Auburn. If it's Peyton Thorn, let's hope he had an awesome off season and a tremendous spring, and he jumps forward. And we're talking about Peyton Thorn being one of the better, the best quarterbacks in the SEC. If that's going to happen for for Auburn next year. Yeah, and, and I think I think Kentucky is going to be an interesting team, and, w- and we'll pull up their schedule in a second, Gordy, but I think Kentucky is going to be an interesting team in this conference when it's all said and done. Because well, look, look at what they've added, Zach, in just the last week. Mm-hmm. They've, they've added so much through the transfer portal, and, and granted, you don't want to be too reliant on it, but they bring in Brock Vandergriff from Georgia, who we assume is going to be the starter. I mean, you know, right. there's nobody else really there. Devin Leary graduates. They bring in the, this uh, the number two running back from Ohio State, Chip Trip Trayonum, I think, however you say his name. 
Then they go get receivers like they have Barry and Brown and Dane Key already. They go get Raymond Cottrell from AM, who was a big time recruit. And then they add Jamori Macklin, who was tremendous. He started his career at Missouri, but was, I believe, at North Texas last year and a thousand yard receiver. So Kentucky is putting together a squad just through the transfer portal. And as we look at their schedule, they start easy with Southern Miss. They get South Carolina week two. Georgia in week three is brutal. But if you could somehow weather the storm, and let's say you're two and one there, you get Ohio. You're at Ole Miss, who I talked up Ole Miss a lot. But again, if Kentucky can click and Brock Vandergrift's playing well, certainly could win in, in uh, Oxford. They didn't get the open date, then it's Vandy. Then at Florida, always tough. But Kentucky has really handled Florida in recent years after sure. going, whatever it was, like 30 years without beating them. Then they get Auburn. Again, at home, it, it's it's doable. At Tennessee, going to be tough. And then the backstretch of the schedule. Opens, open date, Murray State at Texas, and then they keep the rivalry game with Louisville going. Again, you can look at it and see the pitfalls for Kentucky, but I'd say 8-4 and four is, is certainly doable for Mark Stoops, and that would be, you know, look, this year was a, was an up-and-down year for him. I think that would be a step in the right direction if they could go 8-4 and four with that schedule. I, I think you're right. I, I think you're certainly certainly right on that, and I don't know. The, I said going into it, like, I want to play Kentucky as late in the season as possible because it always seems like they start fast, they beat a team that maybe is a little overhyped, and then they play a real team, and they slowly fall off the rails, and then it's like, oh, yeah, okay. They're, they're just an average SEC team when it's all said and done. So can they can they kind of reverse that trend, Gordy? Well, um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you want to look at Mississippi State next? Yeah, let's jump to Mississippi State. And again, new new head coach Jeff Levy taking over in year one. You expect a little bit of a transition here, but it's got to be better than what Zach Arnett just did. Uh, they get Eastern Kentucky. They're at Arizona State. That's an interesting, you know, non-conference week two game. Another program kind of in transition. They get Toledo. Then they get Florida at home. Then they're at Texas. Then an open date and at Georgia. That's a pretty brutal, you know, back to back. I know you got an open date in there, but back to back road games there. Then you come home for AM, Arkansas, UMass. Then you're at Tennessee, open date. Then you finish the rivalry game against Missouri is the second to, uh, second to last game. Or rather, I'm sorry, it's not Mississippi State. We're talking Mississippi State here. You get Missouri, then you're at Ole Miss. That's the, the rivalry game in the Egg Bowl, the last game of the season. But, um, you know, look, I, I think if you're if you're being re- realistic with, with everything, you would say that, you know, six and six, bare minimum, right? You, you want to at least have some kind of foundation. You want to go to a bowl game and you're wondering Jeff Levy and that sort of thing. Um, but maybe, you know, if we want to be super optimistic here, seven and five, maybe even eight and four if everything oh, I, goes, I, goes Gordy, great. I think six and six is being optimistic for this Mississippi State team. Yeah, I mean, just like on surface, okay? Let's say sure. if they win that Arizona State game in week two, then yes, then, then better than six and six is in play. But you lose that one, yeah, then you're looking at maybe you lose to Florida, maybe, you know, at Texas and at Georgia, just on, on paper, look like you're not winning those. Home against yeah. A&M feels like you're not winning that one. And then, of course, the Iron Bowl is going to be brutal in Starkville, so, uh, or, or rather in Oxford. So, you know, mm-hmm. again, you, you want that foundation. If you can get to six and six uh, in year one, you feel like you're moving forward with Mississippi State. Got it. Got it. Where are we headed next, Gordy? Uh, let's jump to Arkansas because this is the one, you know, we talked about how brutal – uh, how brutal Florida's schedule is, and, and look, Arkansas—they've just—they've gone through it these last couple of years. They've just had some absolutely brutal schedules. And Sam Pittman, look—they're—they're they're doing him a favor. They're standing by, and they're giving another year to get the train back on the tracks there. But again, it's—it's it's absolutely brutal. Another weird non-conference game in week two. They go to Oklahoma State. It's—it's going to be a tough one. Mike Gundy's always got good good teams there. Uh, they get UAB, who's actually—that's you know—it's typically that. UAB plays plays tough, um, but then you're at Auburn right out of the gates in your first SEC game. You know, Hugh Freeze wants, wants to win that one, certainly. Then you get A&M in the stupid game in, in Dallas, which, again, get that game out of Dallas. I don't care what Jerry Jones says. Get it back on campus. Then you get Tennessee. I mean, Zach, realistically, we're, we're talking about Arkansas. I think at best they're three and three going into the open date through the first six games. So, And then you come sure. out of the open date, and it's LSU at Mississippi State, Ole Miss. I mean, you're losing one of those, then it's an open date, and then you finish with Texas, Louisiana Tech, and then at Missouri for the for the rivalry game there. So I just I look at it and say, man, Arkansas, like if if Sam Pittman can get to seven and five, they might throw him a parade because that's it's it's man, that it's it's a tough, tough schedule there for Arkansas, but it always is. It, it always is, and I just don't see the path 
for Arkansas getting better? I mean, losing KJ and losing Rocket Sanders, I, I don't know where the points are going to come from for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And you can't win games without scoring points unless you're uh, unless you're Iowa. Yeah, and, and they did bring in Taylor Green, the running the the quarterback from Boise State, and people said he's a prototypical quarterback for Bobby Petrino. And you know, I I, I made the, the the comment. I said Lamar Jackson. I get it. He's not Lamar Jackson, but like what Bobby Petrino did with Lamar Jackson at Louisville, can he do some of those things with Taylor Green with his with his arm with his legs? Again, do they have the pass catchers? That's going to be the the big issue with Arkansas. Is since sure. Traylon Burks left, they've just struggled to find good good wide receivers. So. Um, it's going to be tough there. Uh, all right. So we actually, you know what? We're expanding to the SEC. Let's bring in John Williams, uh, host of Locked On Sooners in. His first with us as an SEC member. Welcome in, John. How are you, man? Hoorah. So excited, man. This is the first official uh, opportunity to be on with Chris Gordy now as a, an official member of the SEC. It's, it's exciting. Been dreaming of this day since that news came down in the summer of 2021. Yeah, keep in mind, John, we root for the SEC here, so you guys have to root for Texas in the playoff. It's just in the rule, all right? No, we can't go that far. We're down horns all the time, all the time. So well, let, let's take we mentioned the schedule earlier, but let's take a look at Oklahoma's schedule. And and we kind of touched on with Stephen Willis earlier, but uh, you know, look, it's it's a tough draw, but you knew that coming to the SEC. Uh I said the best thing you could hope for is maybe you have a tough, a tough game and then a respite after, you know, maybe a game where you can kind of catch your breath. Uh, what do you make of the schedule? Yeah, I think it's just that you've got some tough stretches there. Obviously, Tennessee Auburn is going to be a tough stretch to open SEC play, but then you get a beautiful bye week right before the Red River Showdown, and that's huge. I mean, it's generally that you get that bye week coming out of the Red River rivalry game with Texas, but now you're going to get to have a bit of a breather, recover from what you saw against Tennessee and Auburn, and Obviously, I mean, those are going to be tough games, but they're going to be winnable games for Oklahoma. And then you go into the Red River rivalry, hopefully on a bit of a run and being able to build toward that game. And then obviously the the stretch at the end of the season against Alabama, against LSU. I mean, those two games, I think are going to tell the tale of Oklahoma's season. Is it going to be a team that, hey, is a potential playoff contender or is it going to be a team that is kind of more around the seven, eight, nine wins? I mean, We'll really find out about that team, but you get the bye week just before hosting Bama and then going to LSU, which obviously is going to be a night game there on November 30th. It's going to be a tough slate. And, you know, I don't think anybody is of any um, illusion that Oklahoma is going to come in and, and then all of a sudden be an 11, 12 win team. No, it's going to be tough week in and week out, but this is what you were hoping for going to the sec, having these marquee matchups week in and week out. And that's what Oklahoma gets. I mean, Tennessee, Auburn, Texas, and then you get a really nice home game against South Carolina that, I mean, that's a team that's tough. And Shane Beamer's got the local flavor there, a beloved coach from his time under Lincoln Riley. And then, I mean, everybody, I asked the question on locked on Sooners, what is the one road trip that you're most excited about? A lot of people said LSU, but the overwhelming majority said going to Oxford at Ole Miss on October 26th. So that's going to be a, a good time. It's a fun schedule, man. It's going to be tough. Every single week's going to be tough, but there's a lot of fun to be had on this schedule for sure. Yeah, and you get to redo a little Big Twelve blood with Missouri. That'll be a, that'll be a fun one as well. Oh man! And right now the rivalry is building more and more and more because of what's happening on the recruiting trail. I mean, Oklahoma and, and Missouri fans—it's like they never left each other. You know, a decade ago, like they are as bitter now as probably they've ever been. And I need to remind people too. It's funny you mentioned LSU Oklahoma will be a night game. We, look, we said goodbye to CBS Sports. We also say gets goodbye to that stupid day game, like. The biggest SEC games will be night games now. We're not worried about the 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern window. That's going to be like Rutgers versus Penn State now. Good luck with the, the Big Ten games, uh, uh, CBS. But, like, the best games in the SEC will be played in prime time on ABC and ESPN. So uh, I think that's something to look forward to. But see if you agree with, with me on this, John. The, the game against LSU in the last week, I know you get Bama at home, the last home game. But this could be a scenario. We talk about the playoff expanding to 12 games. We could be talking about both LSU and Oklahoma, perhaps at nine and two going into that game. A playoff berth could be on the line in that game. The winner gets to 10 and two and goes to the playoff. Yeah, I think that's a very reasonable expectation, really. I mean, Oklahoma is going to have some issues that they have to solve this offseason before they're ready to go into the SEC. But they're a talented team at a lot of different places and should be kind of in the mix going into November. And so it's not out of the question for 
that game to be a playoff game, basically a playoff semifinal uh, quarter, you know, round of 16 game, if you if you say that. But I mean, it, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. And I, I, like you said about the SEC and the 230 games, I mean, that's what Oklahoma fans are excited about getting out of the Big 12 is no more 11 a.m. games. No more. That's the big game of the week and on Fox Big Noon kickoff. No, you're part of the primetime schedule. And it's just going to make sense for Oklahoma at LSU that first year in the SEC to, to be a primetime game. And it's going to have huge stakes on the line as well. Yeah, Texas and Oklahoma fans are going to be like, wait, what is this all-day tailgating every week? We're not used to this. We're used to playing those stupid 11 a.m. games that nobody, you know, it's like nobody enjoys 11 a.m. games. Now, there will still be some because the SEC yeah. Network has to fill out their time slot, but, like, you, it'll be few and far between. You'll have way more night games and, and evening games and all that, so it'll be a lot of fun. He is John Williams, new to the conference, host of Locked On Sooners, but not new to the Locked On Network. John, appreciate the time, man. We'll talk again real soon. Yeah, let's have some fun, man. All right, we got one more uh, schedule to get out of here. We've done 15 of them, and we've saved the best for last, the Vanderbilt Commodores. <laughs> they are uh, – Clark Lee has had a rough go there these last couple of years at Vanderbilt. I thought maybe they might consider making a change, but they're standing with them. And, man, out of the gates, they get Virginia Tech. I know Virginia Tech's been down, but uh, it's a tough one right out of the gates. Then they get Alcorn State. Then they're at Georgia State. I don't know why they would schedule that one. Then they're at Mizzou. Open week, home for Bama at Kentucky, Ball State, Texas comes to Nashville. That'll be a fun road trip for a lot of the, the Austin fans. Then they're at Auburn, home for South Carolina, open date, and then they finish at LSU, and then the rivalry game against Tennessee. I, I'll just be honest looking at it right now. Noah and Vanderbilt's both quarterbacks are in the transfer portal. Several of their decent players have entered the portal, like Will Shepard. It's going to be a tough, tough go, and uh, cannot pencil in a W for any of these uh, SEC games for Vanderbilt next year. So um hate to dismiss Vanderbilt like that, but understand why they are. Thought Clark Lee might be building something here at this point. He won two SEC games two years ago. He thought, okay, maybe they could win two this year. Didn't happen. Wasn't in the cards, and they weren't even close in some of them. The defense was so bad. So we'll see what happens there with Fandy. But that is our show, guys, our 2024 schedule reaction show across the SEC. Understand we had – 16 teams to cover, so we had to be a little bit faster in covering a lot of them. We didn't get to run through the whole slate, but just overall takeaways in closing, just my takeaways. Um, you know, happy that Florida Georgia stays on, on that last weekend of October, first weekend of November, where it normally is. Brutal end of the year for Florida, like we talked about. Uh, playing Georgia, then at Texas, then LSU, Ole Miss, and at Florida State. Brutal for them. Auburn not getting a home game in October. Tough stretch there for Hugh Freeze. Uh, Texas, they close out the season with Florida at home at Arkansas versus Kentucky at, at A&M. That's a welcome to the SEC moment for Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. Uh, LSU ends the season hosting Oklahoma. I mentioned that one. That one could could loom large on a playoff berth. And then, of course, Georgia only having uh, one home game in the first couple of weeks. How much does that hurt them right out of the gates? When we talk about you know th this bowl game coming up against Florida State, Georgia's got to win this one. Do, do they really want to go after winning 29 in a row? Do they want to go to the offseason having lost two in a row? It would be uh, it would kind of hurt Kirby and, and, you know, the vibe going into next season. But there you have it. It's our 2024 schedule reaction show. Remember to subscribe and like all of our shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate those watching on Locked On SEC for making us your first listen every day. But of course, you could check us out all across the network with all of our great shows and uh, make those shows your second listen of the day, whether it's Locked On uh, Longhorns, Locked On Gamecocks, whatever it is. And then you can also go check out our Locked On uh First ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with all our local experts of the Locked On Network. And uh, go check them out on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today. For uh, all of our hosts who joined us here, I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.